Take your mark, get set. It's time for the Addict Athlete Podcast. Hey everybody, Coach Blue here. I want to give a thanks to everyone who's been downloading and sharing this podcast. It's super important that if this is working for you, to, to give it to people, share it, you know, re- refer people to it if they're struggling with any kind of addiction. It doesn't just have to be drugs or alcohol. It can literally be any issue that uh, is addictive by nature. Athletes, we have tons of stuff coming down the pipeline. Please jump on our website for all kinds of information, dates, and things that we're going to be experiencing over the next couple of months, specifically with our online training uh, to become an Addict to Athlete Certified Sober Coach, which means you'll be able to open a chapter of Addict to Athlete in your own community. We have online sober support coaching through the True Coach app, which gives you information about workouts, scheduling, um, recovery resources and tools, and then, of course, our online resource for our family support group. Everything can be found right there on our website, addicttoathlete.org. I want to thank uh, the uh, Radio Ronin Network, Chunga and, and Josher and Spencer and Chandler, and all the stuff they do to help Addict to Athlete move this uh, message through the, the intricacies of the web through podcasting. Uh, thanks, guys. It's, uh, it's awesome to be part of the Radio Ronin Network. So, athletes, I'm excited because we've had a couple of reoccurring guests, but this guy in particular, this is, I think, his third podcast with me. Um, one with a buddy of his, one solo, and now this one, and I'm excited because he always has a powerful message, and for some reason, you guys like him. <laughs> it's kind of a good thing. I want to give uh, a warm welcome back to uh, Brad Waldron. Say hi, brother. How you guys doing? So, Brad, when uh, we posted this out there, we're like, hey, we need more people to come podcast. You're like, well, I guess I could, right? <laughs> and Marissa's like, hey, I think uh, Brad wants to do it again, but he's wondering if it's too soon. I'm like, no, people like you, so let's get you on. I love it. But, Brad, tell me a little bit about what you've been up to, man. It's been about a year since we were there last time, and we haven't, uh, we haven't talked for a while because, you know, jobs kind of split. We went a different direction. Um, but I've loved seeing you at the, on the team. Uh, because there's a lot that you contribute with it you may not even realize. Just your presence alone is, is awesome because you have this, this like ability to like make people calm. But I've seen you now softball, the boxing stuff, uh, the investments on the team. Um, tell me a little bit about what you've been up to and uh, maybe just a little bit of background. You know, we'll do a brief reintroduction in case some people haven't you know, heard the last ones, but tell them a little bit about you. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm Brad Waldron, and, uh, yeah, so last year, um, yeah, a lot of changes have happened, which I'm more welcoming nowadays to change, even though it's still hard at times. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, with all different aspects within my personal life, within my work life, um, through the years, like, you're always dealing with not only the field I work in, you're always dealing with change with clients. Yeah. But um, also change with uh, coworkers. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that so one thing about yeah. life is consistently changing. Yeah. Right? And you just have to learn just to roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, the boxing has been a great inter- introduction to my just social life and you know workout. And it just started out doing that every other Friday. Uh-huh. And um, that was Shani and Skyler. Yeah. And I'm putting that on. And, you know, now I just barely signed up for the gym there. It just, for me, it's more of a family feel there. Right. The bigger gyms, I'm just not, as I've gotten older, just don't really feel like yeah. um, I like it as much. You're you know? not there trying to get big pecs so you can, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, get a future <laughs> wife, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about what uh, what the Jensen's are doing. Um, they're 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 movers. They mm-hmm. if they see a hole and a void. They fill it. They're like, let's do this. And um, 
the discipline I think comes with boxing and stuff. It's not just like going and punching things. Like there really is an art and flow to it, isn't there? Oh yes, there is. And you found that. It's kind of a cool yeah. thing because, and for some reason, my schedule always is booked on Fridays. But I'm like, this next time I'm going because I wanna, I wanna learn. I wanna right. be a part of it. It's it's a, it's a neat thing. I was talking to a guy uh, at the place that I'm at right now. It's called Telos um, in Orem, and uh, he's a, he's an old friend of ours. He's he's a guy from from England. And so he's got this like English wisdom, right? And, he, and he's a boxer, and he was telling me a little bit about the rhythm and flow of the speed bag, you know, the, 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 the rhythm. The mm-hmm. And it was funny because he's like, it's harder than you think, you know? And so I'm like, well, let me give it a shot. Uh, d- dude, I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Have you ever tried that, the speed bag? I've tried it. I haven't practiced at all. Like, yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's really hard. It really is. It takes a lot of discipline. But mm-hmm. it was kind of a cool thing because I got thinking, all right, that's what the Jensen's are doing, you know, because when it, early in recovery, you've got to get disciplined and you got to find that rhythm. You, you found the rhythm, uh, into recovery. What was, what was it that kind of set you into the rhythm of sobriety? Mm. I mean, going into treatment was definitely a stepping stone. I always say to newer people find recovery, like treatment's awesome. It mm-hmm. teaches you a lot of great tools, but you have to find what's your niche when you get out. Yeah. Like you can't, I mean, some people are able to. I would probably say those individuals probably aren't the true definition of an addict. Maybe they just got right. a rut in their life. Mm-hmm. But um, for the, the addict who goes to treatment and just constantly is a re- chronic relapser, yeah, um, they have to find that connection to some kind of source, whether it be with a 12-step program, addict-athlete, places like... Um, Addicted We Stand or um, Addicts Fighting Back, like mm-hmm. jumping into something like that. And, you know, a lot of those ind- groups yeah. do a lot of service. Mm-hmm. That was me, like my sponsor in my 12-step community. He introduced me to the service work. Yeah. And that's where it really taught me where to, you know, jump in with both feet. Such a big part of this, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So you know, l- let me let me shift gears for a sec because you brought you brought up all these all these groups now all these teams. Um, when we started in 2011, there was nothing else really like this. What's going on here? And and I don't know how much you know about the rest of the country, but there's not a lot of competition, if that makes sense, for people's time. I don't know what it was about Utah or about how we started this. And I kind of like to say that we, Team Added to Athlete was at its infancy because we kind of blaze the trail to say, if it's not there and you want it, create it. And since then, you know, we've had other groups pop up like, um, you know, like Fit to Recover and um, Recovery Strong and then, you know, Addicts Fighting Back and Addicted We Stand. Um, and it seems like almost every day there's a new one. Mm-hmm. And I hear people say, oh, man, there's another one, you know. But I'm like, guys, this is great. Mm-hmm. This is not a bad thing, you know, especially when, when like, when Fit to Recover started, it was funny because a lot of people were saying, oh, they're copying you. I'm like, no, they're not. They're doing their thing. They're doing what's working for them. And you know, what Ian's done up there is amazing. You know, So we're not in competition. We're all on the same team. Right. And I love that concept. But you've done something super interesting, Brad. You have not turned your back on things that's worked for you. You've adopted and accepted more, mm-hmm. which means, yeah, allocating time, allocating resource. Um, but tell me a little bit about the things you've noticed as you've been reaching out and seeing the way that other programs or groups are established because you, you do, you, you don't just involve yourself. You're like, is their message positive? Are they doing what I, you know, what would be my values in recovery? What are you noticing about all these things that are popping up? Um, 
you know, we are very blessed here in Utah mm-hmm. on that aspect, especially nowadays. We have, a, if you jump in, like our recovery community here is very strong. It's huge. Other people in other states or other places of the world aren't as, you know, blessed that mm-hmm. way. But, um, you know, I've, I mean, I've had some, I've taken on certain positions in certain of the, certain communities. People have kind of been like, well, you're kind of going to be the face of this organization. And they were kind of worried because I was a part of different organizations as well. Yeah. And I just looked at them, look, I'm, I understand where you're coming from, but, and I, I had some little bit of anger, but I kind of yeah. held it back. I'm like thinking I thought they knew me better than that. Exactly. But, you know, because I would go be the representing these this group individually and at certain events throughout mm-hmm. the year. And um, I just told them, I understand where you're coming from, but. I'm not, I'm going to be there to be your guys' face, not that organization's face. Exactly. So it's been a little bit of lashback a little bit at times, but I think. I know how that feels. I mean, that was almost a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think they've kind of learned like, you know, I'm not yeah. going <laughs> to. But, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I used to hear the things about um, A2A, you know, yeah. but, yeah. you know, just being a part of the 12-step community at that time and your guys' infancy of your guys' community. Yeah. Um, because I got clean in 2011. So. Right when we started. Yeah. yeah. And and you remember that back then there really wasn't anything. And so it did. It caught a lot of people off guard because it was so new. And there was some there was some territory and some turf guarding going yeah. on. And and to a certain degree in some programs there still is. But when you look at the bigger picture, you know, I love not having the, the mindset of tearing other people's down, mm-hmm. building down to make mine bigger. Right. Like I don't want to do that. I want to make the biggest building without disturbing anybody else. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people come to me and ask me, as I know they have with, with you, about guidance and direction because you, we've seen a lot of things. We've been a part of a lot of things. And as these things are getting created, you can tell the ones that are legit and serious because they thrive. Mm. The ones that are more of a, hey, I want to you know, change the world, but then don't put in the work, they fizzle away. Um, but that doesn't mean that the intent was wrong. Yes. It just means that, you know what, it was a little bit too much. Addict athlete wouldn't be as big as it is and growing if it was just me. Right. It can't be, right? It's got to be so many other people. And so I love, I love watching like this community. And really, we could probably get into like a million and one programs that have opened that are right. free to the community, that have the resources to, to help, that are so exclusive here. And I was thinking as I'm talking to you, you and I, when we get together, we start brainstorming things and we're like, let's do this, let's do that. Because we talked about your, your desire to do the sober restaurant, the sober, you know, you know, cooking thing, because that's your, you know, that's your career. That's what you do, which I still think we need to do. <laughs> and then I started thinking about like, like addict to athlete and then the stuff that addict to athlete has been doing with um, addicts fighting back. And uh, it's interesting because when Addicts Fighting Back started to come out, I didn't really know who they were because I thought it was a subgroup or a, yeah. a off split. But it, no, it was, it was a new thing. Um, and uh, some of the, the folks that are on Team Addict Athlete, uh, some of our, our you know, stronger le- leadership, um, are also heavily influenced uh, on that side too. And it's kind of funny because it's like, oh, are we jealous? No. It's like, let's get together. Cause we just recently did a, a homeless thing here in Provo yeah. where we all kind of came together and I was stepping back and I was watching. We had, we had, we had a local judge come and was, you know, handing out, you know, food wow. and clothing. And I was watching the way that they were handling that. And I'm like, this is cool. You know? Um, and then we get the people that are nervous about like, Oh, are you guys, are we, are we, are we blending too much? I'm like, how can we be? 
you know, we are team addict athlete. Mm-hmm. They are addicts fighting back, but we are recovery. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you have been able to do that. Um, people now know that you're kind of like an ambassador of recovery. Do they realize <laughs> that you're not like, you know, in any one, you know, degree, like, you know, built up in a camp. You're just like, oh man, I'm like really like you're the ambassador. <laughs> Maybe that should be the, the title of this podcast, the ambassador. Do, 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 do you know the, the, the role that you play, I guess, in recovery? Do you see um, how important I it is? I guess I could see how you could say that. Um, you know, early on, I definitely was more, I mean, we didn't have all these other groups. Yeah. But I mean, we had, a, we had an A2A and we had the 12-step community. And mm-hmm. those were the big, the big ones. And I was just strictly 12-step. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. And but I also went to all different anonymous programs my first few years. Mm. I mean, I found my home very early on in one in particular organization, uh, anonymous program. But um, I always tell people, like, if that's if you're going 12-step route, just don't go to one anonymous program. Go to all of them. Find yeah. where you belong and then stick to it. But, um, but if you want to go to all other things, too, like, it doesn't hurt. No. And if for anything, it's going to benefit you. Exactly. And it, it's through the years through people like meeting you, getting to work with you, and other people along the road I've met. It's kind of opened my mind to other things. Exactly. And like when I was, um, actually I was just talking the other day with Skylar and Shani about how like one first interactions with each other and kind of just, you know, reflecting back. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, you know, what really, even though True Alliance didn't take off the way I, I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. You know, that first initial meeting, we met with you and the other team captains. Yeah. And I decided to stay after we met with you too on that Tuesday night. That's right. Meeting. I remember. And that's what I was kind of looking for at that time. I wanted to branch out outside of my 12-step community mm-hmm. into something. And I knew already knew about it H2A, but I didn't really know. You'd never seen it like firsthand, yeah. I had taken clients to it, mm-hmm. but that was about it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I never went for myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I kind of, and I knew a bunch of people on the team, but I was like, okay, this just seems like a good community. And I started going for myself every Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And um, even though True Lines didn't work out, maybe that's what the purpose of it was, getting me more yeah. out there. open the door. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times when we have those experiences in life, we don't realize the doors that are open that we should take like that. Mm-hmm. Because again, if we get that fixed mindset of like, oh, there is only but one way, um, can you imagine how miserable that would be? We, we wouldn't have the same success because, yeah, you know, addict athlete does things a lot different, but it's not a 12-step group because 12-step groups, in my eyes, are they're sacred places, and, and they have to be sacred because of the core work that's done there. And um, I'm, it's funny because at first it almost felt like it was a us versus them mm-hmm. because that's what it would imply that we are. But it was Bruce Chandler, a supervisor of mine at the county, who I absolutely love. He's an amazing guy. Um, we have a podcast with him. Go find it. Um, he said, and it was, it was never verbalized that we were, you know, like competitors. You know, like, I'm going to take over all the, you know. It was never verbalized, but it was almost assumed that that's what it was. But he said something super amazing early on that was kind of like, you don't want to, you know, to take on a battle like that. He's like, you would do so much better remembering that, you know, the core of what the 12-step program is, is the spirit of what Addict to Athlete is. Mm-hmm. And now it's the spirit of all the other groups that are going. And he's like, don't, don't make them enemies. Bring them on board. And it, it was right when we first started. I'm like, yeah, that's a really good way to do it because um, it, we did. We caught a lot of flack. We did. And it was, it was kind of crazy. But it was understood because they didn't know what it was, and so they were guessing. 
Mm-hmm. And we can't take offense to that, right? You got to be able to roll with it. Because what it's done for me, and I was talking to Jesse Hawes about this the other day. We were texting back and forth because there are things that I say occasionally that could come across as being very critical. There, there just is. I mean, there's there's certain viewpoints I have personal that are mine that, you know, right or wrong, the platform I have, I, it, gets, it gets verbalized. Um, but I need... I need to be clear that I believe in the 12 steps, 100%. Mm-hmm. They are guaranteed to work if you do them correctly, you know? I mean, shoot, if it wasn't for the 12-step meetings that I attended when I worked at Heritage Schools bringing kids to the, to the meeting, I would have I made it. Mm-hmm. But I sat there and for about two years solid just listened because I couldn't raise my hand and say, hello, my name is Blue. I couldn't do that because I had these kids with me. I'm like, yeah. no, no disclosure back then, right? But I listened and I watched and I kind of took in and I'm like, God, this is intense. So really, in a roundabout way, I'm a step worker you know? mm-hmm. and didn't do the steps the way they were designed there. But I took the principles behind that and I loved it. Um, yeah, there were some things I disagreed with and some things I agreed with. But that's the same thing on this team. There's some things that have happened out here I disagree with, you know. Um, and so I really wanted to make that clear that although we are you know, different, we're not against because that's a big deal. Yeah, you know? yeah. I believe that they're inspired. The 12 steps are inspired. They're divine. And, and you know, it, if they weren't, it, it wouldn't be around anymore. Oh, exactly. Just like I remember talking to a client when she was in our center um, where I work now. And, you know, she really struggled with because she hadn't been to jail. She hadn't had all these things that all these people that she was in treatment mm-hmm. are people that she would hear to share at meetings that we would take them to. And look, like, I get that. Like, yeah, I've had those same experiences. I would be in treatment. I was in treatment with a guy who I really connected with, but I also it was really hard for me to think, like, well, have I really, am I really an addict or do I really have this issues? Because, you know, I haven't been to prison. Like, I haven't done all these things. And um, it wasn't until I switched the script and looked at it as like, okay, where's the similarities? Like, yeah. just like when I was listening to your, your story just the other yeah. day on the podcast and I had heard a lot of it before, yeah. but some of that, you know, you forget things mm-hmm. and like, I have a lot of similarities in your story that yeah. I have in mind. Absolutely. And so like, if you find that connection and not trying to compare or say, well, I haven't been arrested. Like, well, yeah, you haven't been arrested yet. Yeah. Like, why don't you? switch that and change it now <laughs> yeah it's, it's, all, it's all that perspective isn't it because yeah. you may not have been arrested and detained but you have been detained by addiction and so there's yes. so many there's so many of those things i think are important um but i love the fact that you aren't one that just like blindly just jumps in that you really do go for that what it feels like what the environment is because it's kind of like again the ambassador that i believe you are you don't put your stamp of approval on something that doesn't feel right mm-hmm. you know and and to be quite frank, the things that I've seen recently with um, the groups going up to help the homeless, it's turned into kind of a fiasco. I get a little bit nervous, but I'm like, that's their passion. That's what they're doing. Um, is it right? Is it wrong? Well, I don't know. It's not up to me. It's up to them. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's interesting because, you know, there's, there's been there's been several athletes that have approached me about about the relationships that we have. And I'm like, well, we have relationships with a lot of different programs. We have to. Um but until something is so egregious, you know, that um, it goes against, you know, everything that Addict Athlete stands for, we've got to remember that the core, the foundation, the common denominator is recovery. You know, um, 
it's interesting when we start getting on our soapboxes and, and start like preaching, you know, when we forget that principle. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times if you go for prestige or you go for numbers or how many people you have in your Facebook group, uh, you, that's that's stupid because you lose what it's about, right? <laughs> yeah. It's why I never wanted Addict to Athlete to be solely about the, the uh, you know, the running and the activities. It's a part of it. But there's a bigger principle we've got to stay focused on, and that's, guys, we're, we're pursuing sobriety. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think when we mix that up uh, and we forget that principle, we'll lose we'll lose the spirit behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I see, you've seen this too, where, where there's been other groups that have popped up and then fizzled away because um, it's been more of a pride thing or more of a status thing. What do, Doesn't that make you feel a little sad when you see that because of what it's going to bring outside of the recovery world? Yes. I mean, even with certain groups that are still going, I mean, I've seen people that started those groups and kind of almost ruined the relationship between individuals yeah and it's really sad to see and luckily nowadays i see a relationship kind of mending but Mm -hmm. um you know it's sad to see that kind of stuff it is we've had that on team addict to athlete where we've had uh individuals in in place that um for one reason or another have been offended and have you know disassociated themselves from the team um and one or two things happens and it's interesting because we had one particular that drifted away and got really kind of aggressive um and it was interesting because it was, you know, I look at it as being pretty petty, yeah. but it was important to them. And so they had, a, you know, they had reasons to be upset, um, but not reasons to do what they did in my eyes. But the thing about it is, is I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to dwell on that because they're passionate about what they're doing. So this individual started their own program similar to what we're doing. And it's, it's, and it's interesting because a lot of people will come and say, oh, well, I've seen this and they're, they're using this phrase and they're doing this. And I'm like, I don't care. That's fine by me. Because although we have, you know, we have recently been able to, you know, to copyright and trademark our, our stuff, you know, it's, it's fine. But like, you can't argue with true principle. The principles of addict to athlete aren't uniquely ours. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're recovery based things. Um, but I've watched those relationships dissolve like that. And it's sad because it's like, you know, I don't mind if you want to offshoot and do your own thing. I don't have a, you know, a flag in the ground here. It's all mine. <laughs> what happens though is that there's got to be this little flare of like, um, um, like offense taken. It's like you do. You shouldn't have to try and do the fox and the hound syndrome, where like you have to scold somebody to push them away when you really want to help them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, that happens a lot. And when we see those things happen, it's a lot about prestige and it's a lot about like what they want and the pride that they have, not so much what they want to do. And you see it, it falls apart. And that damages, I think, recovery and sobriety because it takes away from that, that humility that we're supposed to carry, you know? And I've said this a million times, team addict to athlete makes me look really good, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's everybody that's putting it together. And it's, it's important that they remember that. Like, I, you've seen our, our Uenta chapter out there. You know, yeah. Coach Johnson is doing some amazing things. And he's, speaking of which, you going skydiving with them? I didn't know they were going skydiving. Well, they just announced the date, so oh, let's yeah? get you on the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've done that before, right? Yes, I have. Awesome. Yeah. See, taking, a, taking advantage of all the benefits. <laughs> but Coach Johnson's done some amazing things out there. And it's interesting because... Uh, as he's putting all this stuff together and as he's reaching out there, um, he gets a little bit insecure. Like, Oh man, can I be doing this? Can I, should, should I be doing this? And I love it because he's doing his best with what he has 
and he's he's pulling ahead. He's raised more money than we've raised out here. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dang, that's it's amazing. That's awesome. It blows my mind. And so, you know, I was talking to somebody about like, do we need to slow him down? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, like, no, that would never slow him down, yeah. you know, um, because what would what would that accomplish? I'm, we're not here for, for pride. And it's funny because, you know, you know this when you put put into a leadership position or when you become like a, a, a kind of you have you begin to get gain some status you become a target for a lot of people's like, like vicious and, and, and kind of like hateful messages and, and, and trolling and all that stuff. Um, how have you noticed to stay away from that kind of stuff and not jump into it? Even if you have reason to like want to criticize, like how have you decided to like not get involved in some of the drama that goes down? Oh, it's a big part of recovery, like it, it or not. Is. Like it is, is it not? It is. I mean, especially when you jump into like, outside of the anonymous community mm-hmm. um into these other groups mm-hmm. out even outside of addict to athlete um I've, I've caught myself just on social media like checking out comments and i start get heated even on like some yeah. humorous um recovery group pages mm-hmm. that a lot of people post jokes um and a lot a lot of times a lot of these jokes are lasting towards the anonymous program I'm part of. Yeah. And I used to get really heated and I never like put it fed into it, put comments on there, but it changes your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, you know what? Like if it's really bothering much, I just shouldn't be a part of this page or like it is just a joke. They're not Mm -hmm. really being serious. Um, but it's just negativity. You know, you don't need to feed into it. It's just a pride and ego thing. If you're really feeding into it, it is, but, um, are like just same thing on social. It's a lot of it deals with social media nowadays. Exactly. And um, when there are certain individuals with close friends of mine with one of the organizations, you know, a lot of this stuff was going on, and, mm-hmm. and without going into extreme detail, they, you know, you'd see all this nasty stuff, and you know what? Eventually, like I would talk to him one to one, and yeah, and realize like you know the tr- that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this is just hearsay. And, exactly. And that's, I mean, in most situations, there's this person's part of the story, this person's part of the story. And, other sides of the coin, isn't and there? And then yeah. there's the truth somewhere in the middle. And you being an outsider, you're not going to probably ever know the truth. No. So it doesn't really matter. It's so, it's so true. And, <laughs> and learn to pick your battles because, exactly. you know, and that's the thing too, is that, you know, when, as, as the bigger you get, the more flack you're going to catch. Mm-hmm. And we can't walk around with a chip on our shoulder either. Neither can, neither can the 12 step community, but I understand the passion that goes there because if it worked for you, it's, and that's what Jesse said to me, which was kind of cool. I don't know what I said at the last meeting, um, but I mentioned the 12 steps because we had a lot of new people there and how, we're different, but that I, I believe in them. And Jesse messaged me after and he said, Hey coach, thanks for saying that. And I'm like, well, did I, have I ever said something different? And I, and I must have, but the cool thing about it was, is that he says, you know, I, I get, I get that same way. He said the same thing you said. He's like, I get very passionate about defending them. Exactly. And I'm like, my, in my mind, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I had to put you in that situation. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, but it's important that if we have something like that, we, we, we discuss it. Um, and you'll know where the dimes fall, right? You'll be like, well, if they come back, I'm like, well, grow up, man. I'm just talking. Well, then, should you be part of that place? 
But I'm like, dude, thanks for saying that because, you know, the last thing I want to do is create, you know, like, you know, animosity or like, you know, put a wedge in there um, because there, there's no reason for it. But I love the fact that, like you just said, you know, it, it does get personal. Yeah. Um, and there has been some things that people have said about the team that's been, that I've taken personal. But then it's like, you know what, though? I'm going to be there, show up whether, whether you like it or not. I'm going to be there. Um, and I love that concept of if you're passionate about it, it doesn't matter what the naysayers are going to say because there are going to be people. Believe it or not, Brad, there are people out there that don't like me. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm like, yeah, oh, well, it sucks, yeah. but all right, I'll yeah. move on. Um, but uh, the ones that do take the time to get to know the team, get to know the structure, get to know the, the message, uh, it, it blesses their life. Um, just like it will with any group out there. You know, I watch what uh, what Janelle does. And I think Janelle oh, yeah. on our team does so good because she's a big part of Addicts Fighting Back too, mm-hmm. and um, and Shantae. Um, and if and I'll be one hundred percent honest, if anything ever went down on the, either of those organizations because I care about you know those those gals, I'd approach them and say, Hey, are you okay with that? Or help me understand more about this. Um, I would never say you got to pick. You got to pick a team. You know, right. you're on team sobriety and that's all what that is. Right. Um, but the other thing we want to avoid, uh, specifically athletes and, and listeners, if you're thinking like, I want to change my community, even if you go through the sober coaching program, you become a certified coach with addict athlete. Um, that whole program is designed so that you can become, uh, in essence, a life coach to where you can start having your own, your own athletes. Um, if you have a skill set with training, you can train them. Shoot. It could even turn into, you know, an, an employment to a certain degree. But it's so that you can have the understanding on how to create a chapter in your community uh, that we have here. Even if there's a situation out there where, um, you know, things get to a point where, uh, you know, they, they, they drift from the message, it's not a slap in the face. It's, no, let's train you. Let's get you going on the message of sobriety. That's what it's about. Um, we don't want to you know, have too many people, like, you know, tear their shirts to see their logo underneath, like it's some superpower. It's sobriety first the whole mission statement on team addict to athlete you know is to change the public's perception on what addiction is you know through living proof of what we're doing when we fail to carry that message because we want to be bigger badder faster stronger we've lost right because ultimately it's about the sober community so i i love the fact brad that you see a lot of that kind of stuff and that you're willing to to invest your time because you seem like a busy guy to me. And I know that because I, you know, I know what you do for a living and I know what you do in your social life. And we were just talking about family. Um, and uh, you, you got a lot going on. How do you find the balance to do all this stuff? How do you create it? Um, you know, sometimes it gets a little out of control. Usually uh-huh. that's during the warmer months is when I'm a lot busier. It kind of calms down on some of the things um, during the colder months of the year. But, um, you know, it's... I I found the last few years I just have to plan. I have to put things. I use my smartphone. Go figure. I just started using my, mine. Yeah. They have a calendar and scheduler on there. It's exactly. amazing. Exactly. I I have to do that. Otherwise, I'll tell people I'm going to be there. And I'm very I value my word. Like I if I tell someone to be there, I'm going to. I was going to bring that up because you are a man of your word. And um, I don't want to discredit that. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to double book myself on something yeah. and not show up because I have to be here and I already said I would be there. Um, and so I just make sure I put things in my calendar to kind of be my own secretary, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, this year, like I, like I was telling you earlier, you know, I've really wanted to put more effort of going out and visiting family. It doesn't live here in the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like, I'm already planning a trip for end of March to see my sister, and then, you know, and then after that, I'll probably plan out a trip to see my other sister a few months later, then my brother, but, you know, and also just putting more effort even seeing my siblings that live in this state. Yeah. You know, I mean, because life gets super busy, and if you don't plan it out, like, yeah. before you know it, the year's over. Before you know it, your, you know, your nieces and nephews are you know, in college and, Absolutely. and they don't even know who their uncle Brad is, you know, that's the old Ferris Bueller, right? Life moves pretty fast. Sometimes right. you got to slow down. Yeah. I love that. You're, you're right. And the neat thing about what you said about being a man of your word, and, and I could take a chapter out of your playbook because I, I overschedule myself a ton and that's one of my downfalls is because I try to be everywhere for everyone. And I'm like, yeah, geez, I got to stop doing that. And so it's like, okay, I'm running 10 minutes late or I'm 15 minutes late. I mean, shoot, we were late starting this because I kept going with, with the athlete before you. And I'm like, man, I got to be careful with that. But the cool thing about it is that wasn't something that you always had. You've learned that, have you not? Like that wasn't something you just always had, was it? I, I would say um, it's something I was taught as a kid. Mm-hmm. But through my act of addiction, I kind of I lost it, obviously. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes with those bad behaviors. And so, um, I mean, the very first time I, I realized I started becoming more of a man, my word was when I was sitting in front of my dad in treatment, doing that whole family process thing yeah. and telling him, you know, I would stay in treatment as long as it took, I would do sober living. And obviously after it was all said and done, right immediately after I really re- regretted saying I'll do all these things, but <laughs> you know, I fulfilled it. You know, I was, I graduated on my 106th day of treatment wasn't sober living for about six or seven months, you know, and, yeah. you know, and it helped. I mean, uh, it did something for me because exactly look at where you, yeah, look yeah. at where you are now. So th- then with that comes a question that I have, when did you learn to say no? Like, <laughs> when did you learn to say no? I'm not. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, um, a big one. I've seen a lot of people just within doing service work. Not You're staring knowing. at one right now. Yeah. I have a, and for some reason, I have a hard time with that. But yeah. Go on. It's, uh, I just actually had someone a few months ago. I was at a committee meeting with my, my 12-step community and at a service committee meeting. And um, someone looks over at me and like they threw my name in the hat for... <laughs> for this other being like um, a coordinator for uh-huh. bringing a meeting into a facility. Which is a big commitment. Yeah, and I, I you know, and I looked at him and I just said, I, I can't do it now because I, now I already have this commitment mm-hmm. I'm doing. And um, they were okay with it. Um, it took me a long time to know myself well enough to just be like, okay, well, yeah, I am too busy. Yeah. I need also time for myself. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so. and you know what though? I didn't realize how, how hard that was to do. Yeah. And, and Brad, I still struggle with that, you know? And when I do, um, I've got to really talk myself out of feeling guilty about it because we can't be everywhere at all times. Mm-hmm. That's why I think, you know, addict athletes been able to grow is because I've had to let it go a little bit too and trust the people that do it. But like, Man, I remember when I was, oh shoot, this is like years ago, I was probably like 23, 24 years old. Marissa and I were working at Heritage Schools and she had a group of her kids that were kind of like the harder kids. They were a little bit more, be, you know, they were a little less behavior, more like, you know, threatening. And I remember we were sitting at a park and they were having some kind of like, you know, activity. And Marissa says to this kid, and he's, dude, he's probably like 13. And she's like, okay, tell Blue what we've been talking about. And he started telling me about how the, the power of no, mm. because she knows even back then I struggled with that. And here's a 13 year old kid schooling me on the principle of not overcommitment. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. 
But I'll never forget that because that kid who was in treatment, who had no business telling, you know, an older guy, you know, anything, he taught me that principle of like, you got to say no. It's, he said, and I'll remember it, he says, it's powerful to say no. And I got thinking, yeah, but none of us like it. You know, I don't like being told no, but like we have to, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, the, you know, over committing, um, you know, under, 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 you know, under, under commitment, over commitment, all these things. You've got to take time for yourself. That's what recovery really is. I mean, it's all about that balance. <laughs> seriously, brother. And that's one thing that I really appreciated watching you do is that you do that. And I've, I've heard you say no. And I've heard you say, no, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to do that. You know, because it's like, you know, where, where you and I, where you and I worked together, it was hard because there was not a lot of others that could do things. And so it was a lot of can you, will you, you need to. Um, but when you couldn't, it was no. Mm-hmm. And and I always respected that because that's not a talent a lot of people hold, mm-hmm. you know. So I think there's a lot of power in in that. But you do a great job at it by not by not over committing. And like I said, the very first thing I I'll always remember about you was when we had a client that had a loss of a friend, and I think it was my first week working with you. And they're like, well, who can take him? And no one no one could. And then they're like, well, Brad. And I'm like, is that the cook? Like <laughs> what? And you came in and you're like, oh, yeah, I got this. But you're like, I've got to be back by a certain time because you had another commitment. I don't know if you even remember this. But you had another important commitment and you were like, I'll do it if it doesn't interfere with that. And I think you made that up. You right? I did. Um, With getting a speeding ticket on the way back. I didn't know that. Right on. (laughs) Yeah. It was actually kind of funny because after, you know, that's another thing. When you get pulled over and you've been clean for a while, you actually are like, well, I was speeding, and it's my my fault. Like, yeah. and you just own it, and you get to take the ticket. And it was funny after we're leaving, and after the cop lets us go, the client I was with looks at me. He's like, well, "Good thing you didn't ask for my ID. I think I have warrants." And I look at him, and I tell, and I say, "So you're th- saying I could have got out of that ticket, huh?" That's so funny. Yeah, you're like, I, you, I could have gotten out of that. Hey, hey, this guy next to me. Yeah, right. See, but I love that too because it was like. You know, again, I saw, I saw your willingness to serve, but I also saw the boundary that needed to be placed there. And it was cool because that's, I think that's kind of who you are as a person. Um, but I, I don't know. There, there's one thing I want to talk to you too about that being a man of your word. Um, when I first met you, you were a vaping fool, man, right? <laughs> yeah. And I remember that and I'm like, wow, you know, this guy's doing, doing awesome and stuff. And it didn't bother me at all. But like it was one of those things where... Um, you you felt that like what made you decide to to quit altogether and the way you did it I think was so eloquent man because you had a purpose behind that. So um, when I first got clean I went to a non nicotine facility. Mm-hmm. Like they tested for it. You weren't allowed to do it. And then you know later on I actually worked there and you couldn't as an employee ingest nicotine. So I, it was a long time I went in recovery without using tobacco products. And then some stresses happened in life, and I just found myself buying a pack of smokes and then getting off the cigarettes. I went to vaping. Well, anyway, um, was it last year? I think it was. You know, I'd already smoking sensation ladies from uh, the, the, the county, county yeah. would come do these classes. Oh, would you listen in on those? Yeah, I would listen in them sometimes. And so it kind of planned that seed, kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, I really should quit i could always already you do realize see. when they hear this you're going to be their new poster boy right yeah well she actually gave me a certificate this there year you go. Cool. but uh um so anyway um we find out i think it was right after 
2018, right after, um, the day after, I think it was, uh, of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. my, um, we found out my dad was diabetic. Right. And I kind of, you know, that kind of stuff hits you kind of hard when it, it's your parents. Yeah, it's your superheroes. Yeah. yeah. And so I'd already kind of been thinking about quitting. And so I was on my way to come to Addict to Athlete on Tuesday night. And this time I, I got my dad to come with me. And my dad used to be a big runner. He can't because of any more because of his knees and just, you know, mm-hmm. life taking toll on your body. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on the way, I look at him like, hey, dad, so, you know, I know you're, you need to start cutting back on your soda. I kind of want to do this thing with you. And I told him when my Zen pouches were gone and this bottle of juice is gone, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, all right. And, um, you know, we talked about it for a little bit, but. And once those two things were gone, I, you know, some, I was thinking like, oh, I don't want all this vape products, like my vape and, you know, uh, just sitting uh, in my room. Yeah. Cause that was just like a thing taunting me. Mm-hmm. And so I just, instead of selling, I just gave it all away. Right on. And, um, right on. And you know, having that more deep meaning for me, mm-hmm. it probably put a fire under a bigger my, purpose, yeah, a bigger yeah. purpose that, um, let me keep going with it, you know. How and hard was it for you, though? How At yeah. first, it was pretty hard, I would say. And it's funny, because I was talking to a friend just the other day. We were watching a movie. I don't know what it is, but when they're smoking a cigarette in a movie, to me, like, it just looks great. Yeah, yeah but, it's so funny. But I have to remind myself, just like, just like with drugs, I have to play that tape through. Like, well, it's going to make me smell. It's going to, since I have facial hair, it stays in my mustache. Yeah. You can smell it. You can it. tell, yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just little, little things. And then, like, um, I have certain meds I have to take for my um, kidney transplant. Yeah. Which cause side effects, give me little tremors. When nicotine's in my system, it intensifies it. Yeah. And um, You break and, all the eggs you're trying to flip yeah, over, exactly. Huh? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and just little things and also nicotine dehydrates you as being a, with my health issues like oh yeah see that's not good for your kidneys mm. you know <laughs> and just taking all that in consideration you know it's not worth it yeah know? i want to try to be here as long as i can so exactly god but again that's it's a personal commitment that you told yourself no you know mm-hmm. we're not going to do this anymore and i don't know some people say well it's easy for you no it wasn't no it was hard no. but you had a bigger picture and a bigger purpose to do it for and you're a man of your word like that to me is a big deal man i think a lot of times we forget that 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 personal integrity that we have that no one else is going to be able to know like i say this often what kind of person are you when no one's watching you're consistent man that's that's got to feel good you know i'm not saying you're perfect but i think you're close (laughs) but like you're not there yet none of us are but i'm thinking dang man like it's cool to see some of those small intricacies that make you so so powerful because you're a man of your word so how did how'd your dad do did he <laughs> so this is the funny part mm-hmm. like he, i mean he's definitely cut down on his soda nothing mm-hmm. like he used to um and he's doing good but anytime he were out to eat and he has a soda i like to give him a little bit of crap yeah and so i, I just say hey so you're gonna buy me a pack of smokes when we leave uh, i love on? it oh. or uh you're gonna buy <laughs> me a, a beer like since you get the soda yeah you yeah. don't like that one too much but yeah, that's funny but um you know i get to make a joke out of it with them yeah so it's lighthearted, but that's the same thing when you're eating you know like food across from david clark you're like oh maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe no meat <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah. a funny thing but you know what though i like that because again 
Brad, you're, you're not one to point out fly either. You're not yeah. one to be like throwing stones. No, you know, I'm, I have no room to. Throw I've never stones, heard so. you speak ill of anything or anyone ever. Like I never have. I've, I've heard you say like, "Oh yeah, that was kind of a bonehead move." Yeah. But like I've never heard you like outright like like criticize or like you know be vicious with anyone. You know, you know and I've had close friends like eventually come to me and tell me they had a stumble, they had a relapse, and. um when I hear them use the words like, I just don't want to be judged or this or I'm like, I just look at like, dude, I have no room to be like, judge you. Yeah. Like I have a past too. Like I'm not a perfect person. I'm human. Like if anything, dude, like I'd rather you be honest cause you keeping that secret's going to keep you sick. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I think sometimes too, it's like, you know, you think so highly of us that you're, that you think we're going to judge you. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of interesting to me, yeah. but I love that though, because really, it's those kind of, I think, factors of your integrity, being a man of your word, and then you know, casting no stone, I think that makes you a, a, like a powerful person because you're one that I think a lot of people could go to. You know? and, and I really do value your, your input on things like that because you do see a lot. You know? um, what do you think has been the neatest thing you've seen, not just in, this, in, this, in the recovery community, but just in in the whole like recovery world in general, what, what trends are you seeing that you really like? Meaning like, you know, less an- anonymity, more anonymity, maybe more support, less support. What are you seeing that's kind of like sticking out to you that's like, wow, this is cool, I'm glad this is um, happening now? I love the support aspect, like mm-hmm. how, how many more avenues we have nowadays. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, I love all this going out and helping the homeless. Um, mm-hmm. them going, and I mean, I wish I could go all the time, but help yeah. them but you know i was able to go up there to salt lake and help uh us as addict athlete and right it's really when i got to meet jason the guy who started addicts fighting back um got to meet him but it was just i think it was in the summertime i don't remember what month it was but you know and going out there and actually not just staying within your service commitments within the anonymous or recovery community actually getting out there to the general public and helping yeah. them out i think it's awesome because it's showing them the community that we're changing you yeah know? we're not once an addict isn't always an addict exactly and so um i really enjoy that um and with going to anonymity you know i'm very blessed with what i do for a living mm-hmm. i don't have to be anonymous yeah um i do understand that some people where they work, wherever it may be, some of their bosses are may still be stuck in the old ways, and yeah. they can't be open and honest about mm-hmm. that. Which I totally get. It sucks. It's that way, but that's just the way the world is right now. Yeah. Um, I think if more and more people are open about it and dropping right. anonymity, you know, it's gonna save lives. It really will. Um, because just like I said before, secrets keep us sick it's interesting i'm glad you said that so we have a we have a, an athlete on our team that uh, is is super engaged and she is a real powerhouse and it's funny because uh her pictures on our website her pictures you know she's got pictures on her on her facebook page on her linkedin accounts and she was telling me the other day that um um one of her co-workers one that she respects really well who's, who's fairly new um was on uh linkedin and found her and then saw that she was associated with Addict to Athlete, wondered what that was, clicked on it, read up about our team and, and like saw her picture. He's like, holy crap, this person I would never have guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brought it up to her. And it was kind of cool because she's like, it was awesome being able to like say, yeah, I am a part of this. 
and this is what we believe in because then that coworker started kind of you know disclosing some stuff that he was dealing with and she oh. became kind of that, that 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 mouthpiece for for the team but she's like it felt good to know that like you know the standards and the the playbooks and and everything that we do you know kind of is, is a spot where we can inspire other people too she's like and so and she's one that has a, a very strong uh, viewpoint of how i want the team to run which is your sportsmanship means everything yeah. in all that you do even though you're not you know always you know like wearing your jersey and stuff you're always one of these athletes so your way of being has to become that and she's like you know she's pointed out a few things it's like can we be doing this should we be doing this and i'm like no we probably shouldn't be we got to probably bring that in because one of the biggest things is we're always being judged right mm -hmm. and so we're going to make mistakes because we're human mm -hmm. but we're also going to hold the accountability factor to it too and she's like it felt real good to be able to say yeah i'm part of this and i think you know to each his own it works for her it works for us there are others like you said that are stuck in the old way of thinking which isn't a bad way of thinking no. you know and privacy is you know privacy is kind of going the way of the dodo people don't really care about privacy as much as they think they do anymore yeah. but there is something about that too because you know social media i was funny i was talking to marissa about this i think sometimes we overdo it with with the uh you know with the perfection on social media but the funny thing about it is, is i was going through the other day and i'm like the people that i'm associating with they're not presenting their best face all the time and i know that sometimes we start talk about social media and it's we only see the good side of people i don't know what friendships these people have because how many of your friends or associates have posted on facebook that they are struggling they're not doing well mm. and they're not posting the, the the pictures of the 5.2 kids in you know picket fence house it's like i don't know i don't think that's always the case i think it's an easy excuse but that's one thing i love about it too is that we can be real because so many people are there to help right you know all these organizations all these groups i mean we're all in recovery we're all pursuing sobriety one of the coolest things i think right but it was neat to, to listen to her and i think that's kind of a cool thing but you know you being able to be part of the team and and you know kind of you know promote your recovery that way amazing you being able to be uh in leadership in in your 12-step community amazing because what people see is the consistency of it all you know and that's why i think people are attracted to you i think that's why you are who you are it's kind of a neat thing yeah, you realize sure. you inspire that many people no, not really. That's <laughs> why, <laughs> so, because it's become your way of being, right? Yeah. It's just the way you do things. Yeah. I think that's cool, man. You know, listeners, the, the neat thing about all this stuff is, you know, just just be who you are, and you know, put in the time that you can. I mean, everyone's story has the power to inspire. That's why, that's why the twelve step community operates so well. Because at the core, it's you giving back. It's you serving by sharing. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with addict athlete. You know, it's it's you're you're messing your message. That's what it is to everything. Uh, you know, addicts fighting back. It's it's your actions you know, hold value. And I'm like, these are, these are big deals, you know? And so I think as we move forward, uh, my goal is I'm sitting here thinking to you, I'm like brainstorming, I'm like, we need to have like a day, I mean, a conference or something where we get everyone together. We get, you know, you know the, uh, the, the programs in Salt Lake and we get like, you know, the, all the groups down here and we have like a summit, man. We like all come together. How cool is that? Because at the end of the day, we're all pursuing sobriety, every one of us. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking treatment centers. I'm not talking that kind of stuff. I'm talking about these community groups that want to serve. Yeah. And we share with the public how to serve. That can be cool, man. That sounds so awesome. we got another we got another thing we got to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. So those kind of things, Brad, I think are what make you that that ambassador of, of recovery. And and I'm going to use that because I think you are. <laughs> I think you definitely fit in that category. Moving forward, um, 
what do you tell to the addict who still suffers right now? What are you saying to them? Hmm. It's a loaded question. It is. It's very. It changes, question. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I would probably just tell them. I'm just trying to think of what I would say to myself, you know? Yeah. Well, you yeah. know the cool thing about that? I'm glad you're struggling a little bit because you've changed tremendously. Yes. You know, so let me just say this before I answer that question. I was just, uh, you know, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, everyone had left the house, my house, and we were just a few of us there, and we were talking about what we were doing in 2010. Yeah. You know, I'm sure a lot of people did that. We did. And, um... I was like, you know what? I would think I was at a party that got raided like 10 minutes or 15 minutes before midnight. No way. And um, I was very drunk. but And then also I started thinking, well, wait, that was the beginning of 2010. I didn't even have my transplant yet. Like, I was still on dialysis. Like, that's... Wow. And I started really yeah. thinking, like, that seems like a totally different life to me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even comprehend like it's, it's just weird because it's been that long um but what i would say to that individual is just you know because i know where i was i was very dark i was in a very dark place and i was very okay with the fact i wouldn't see the age 30 you know mm-hmm. and um i would tell them you know it's it can get better you just have to be a little bit more open and yeah trust in the people that are closest to you because they're yeah. only there um to help you and they so, love you so true man and and you are definitely listed among those that care and so yeah, yeah reach out which isn't too hard to find you you're on facebook and social media right yes you, I am. If, if you've seen if you've seen any recovery organization you see brad <laughs> so that's kind of a cool thing but athletes uh i'm glad that uh, you've, you've you've held in there because this is an important message about what the ultimate goal is it's about recovery it's about sobriety it's not about what team um is going to bring the you know, the, the the quickest fastest easiest route it's what's going to work for you do your do your research you know go and like you said participate in them yes. immerse yourself in them you know and you don't need to set up camp in one of these things because ultimately we want you to get sobriety and get recovery going so don't get too fearful that you have to typecast yourself into one paradigm, right? Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, athletes, I hope this uh, this definitely has helped share this podcast with anyone that might be struggling. Uh, we'd love to see you on the team. Jump on our social media pages, our addictathlete.org. Um, uh, reach out. Give us some calls. Give us some content. If you have any questions, uh, our numbers and uh, email addresses are on the webpage. Again, that's addictathlete.org. And until next time, go turn your mess into a message. Are you tired of yelling just to get your kids to listen? Are you feeling burdened by the most important job in the world? Are you ready to make that jump to being a more positive parent? I'm Dr. Paul. Maybe you've seen some of my YouTube videos about positive parenting. And now we've put together the Parenting Power Up. This is an 18-module audio course designed to help you become a more positive parent and you get it as part of your subscription to the Addict to Athlete Family Support Group. Welcome aboard.